Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 103 of the Post 20 podcast. I am back today with my co-host, Evan. Evan, how are we doing Hi. this week? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it's been busy, but, you know, I'm excited to be getting towards the end of the week. Going to have some time to just hang out and playing some video games. I was in New York last weekend. So yeah, I've, I didn't mention, I didn't um, ask you how that went and everything. You were up there three days? You left Friday? Then, uh, just two left? days. Uh, we left uh, Friday morning early, spent the whole day there Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning uh, we came home. But yeah, I was up there seeing my girlfriend. It's city's city's not necessarily my favorite place um yeah i like other cities more than i like new york it's just a lot and taking the subway everywhere or cabbing around town it's a big place and uh it just gets a little stressful you can't really go on vacation to a city it's there's not a lot of relaxation involved you weren't lucky enough to get in the cash cab i was not sadly no um but man i'll tell you this I don't know. I don't know if it exists. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's not. I know it's not that guy though. Yeah, uh, his name is Benjamin Bailey. He's a comedian. Yeah. But um, dude, those New York New York City cab drivers don't give a fuck. Like they are demons. They drive like it's Tokyo Drift. They don't care. They're trying to get you where you need to go, which mm. I appreciate. But holy fuck, man! I thought we were gonna crash into a tractor trailer like fifteen times. They gotta hustle because they gotta get as many rides in the day as possible. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that a New York City cab driver kind of does okay. I mean, they probably don't make a ton of money, but they must do okay because they. I know they get a lot of rides. I mean, my guy, I can't believe how fast he was driving. It was insane. <laughs> it was crazy. That's wild. All right. Yep. Okay, other than that, uh, normal week for me. Didn't really nothing crazy or anything. Um, I, I kind of just want to get right into it because... Um, we kind of left last week um, short of what we were going to talk about. We we moved it into this episode now since there were no um, games over the weekend in the Premier League. We had international break. Um, we're going to carry over the progress support summary for each of us. We're going to break down each team in the league, give them a grade, and maybe some things they can improve on. Maybe some summer si- or summer some winter signings potentially they can make or um, tactical changes to the formation or whatnot. We're going to do that for probably 45 minutes, if I had to guess. I'd yeah. like to guess. And then we're going to get into our um, our previews for the upcoming games this week, which we got a couple good ones. So yeah. uh, let's get right into it. The way we're going to do this, we're going to start um, from the league standings currently right now. We are 11 weeks, 11 games in. So right now, if you guys look back on this, 11 games in, that's where we're picking from. So starting off... With the relegation teams, we have Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. Um, starting right at the bottom for Norwich, uh, the the grading scale is going to be A to F here. So I gave them a D plus. I was honestly I was going back and forth in my head between a D and like a C minus range because um, for Norwich having that reputation of going up and down the most out of any club from the Premier League to Championship. I mean, this is right around where you thought they were going to be. So you can't give them an F, really. Um, and I gave them a D plus. I gave them the plus on the end of the D because of their last game. They got a big win. Um, it was huge for them over Brentford, um, a team that a lot of people uh, liked a lot, and it's kind of turning into um, a fraud status a little bit. Um, 
but I think they've done really well over the past week, and I think firing their manager, Fark, was a good move. I think it was overdue. Um, but now they bring in Dean Smith, who not even five days after he leaves Villa, has a new job back in the Premier League, um, brings a lot of experience. He's obviously known for being in the Premier League and doing a decent job. Um, but I don't think he has any as many weapons as he did at Villa when he was um, just starting in the Premier League. Um, we, he had Grealish, he had a young Tyrone Mings, um, he had younger wingers out there, uh, but he had a good core group. This Norwich team's kind of all over the place, um, but the one thing they've got going for him is they're pretty competitive in every game. It's not like they're getting blasted out. There was um, only three games this year, um, so they've conceded 26 goals, and 15 of those came in against just three opponents, them being City, uh, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So... It, their stats can kind of be swayed a little bit. Those other eight games they've played, they've only given up 11 goals, which isn't terrible. Um, but my main thing with them is they just got a lack of, of Premier League proven veterans in their squad, a lot of young players, and also they're not getting um, enough playing time out of their younger players. Todd Cantwell hasn't been around the last three to four weeks. I'm um, not sure if that's due to fitness or COVID or whatever, as well as Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore's not getting much in there as well. Um and I thought we were talking about right when the the rumors were going around for the new manager, we were we saw things about Frank Lampard, and I was kind of okay with it because Bill Gilmore would get more looks, but then that kind of fizzled out, and I don't know what Frank's thoughts were on that. Maybe he didn't want to get his reputation diminished. I mean, you go into that job and you know what you're signing up for. Um, you're going to get absolutely annihilated in 75% of your games. Um, but I think right where they are with the current form they have and a new manager – um, teams always do better right when they get a new manager that first game. Um, so I think Norwich will do a little bit better in the next coming weeks. Um, what do you have for Norwich? Um, like you, I kind of struggled going back and forth. I was a little lower on the scale. Yeah. Um, you are typically a little more generous, I think, when it comes to these grading sorts yeah. of things. You you are always a little more generous and graceful. Um, I think... Norwich are probably at a D for me. I was I was thinking like I mean they have one win right yeah um one win eight losses two draws it's not even like they're getting a ton of draws they're not getting any sorts of results whatsoever um so I was thinking like what the fuck man we have to give them an F but in the Premier League especially as a promotion side it's about tempering your expectations that first season that you come up historically. Um, what you're aiming for is mid-table at best, right? You, it's not like you have enough money to splash, bring in insane summer signings, and get yourself situated up towards the top half of the table. It never happens, excluding Leicester City when they got promoted and won the league. And that's lightning in a bottle. That that really just doesn't ever happen. We haven't seen it since. Um, so I'm going to settle on a D for Norwich. I think, like Matt said, moving on from Farka to um, to now Dean Smith is a good play. I, th- I think he's pretty much what they need. Um, they're not going to be able to attract a manager of a higher caliber than him. Not that he's necessarily a manager of a, a, a very high caliber, but I think he's going to have them in a better shape than Daniel Farka did. And I just think that Norwich should be looking on the up and up. I don't, you know, we can't factor that into their grade now. Um, but their performance so far has been extremely disappointing. 
Um, they are by far, I think, the worst club in the league. Even I think they're much worse than Newcastle, who are level on five points with them. Mm. Um, so for Norwich, I am settled on a D. Yeah, I think out of all the teams in this relegation zone, we know that they're definitely going down. Um, yes. The others have a better chance of moving up. They have more quality and more experience in uh, being in positions like that. Um, moving on to Newcastle right above them. Um, you're talking about Newcastle having better quality um, and having better uh, better players in the team, and that's why I gave them a lower grade than Norwich being here now. I gave them a D. Um, they, they're the only team without a win. Um, they have the players to get out of there. They have St. Max, Wilson. Um, we've seen signs out of Joe Willock last year. Um, now we have Eddie Howe, the new manager there. Um, another minute in the relegation club bringing in new blood. Uh, he brings his own staff in. He keeps a few from the previous regime. Um, but his main guys are there with him uh, from the Bournemouth era. Um, and they did pretty well. And like I said last week, he can get the best out of Wilson in there. I think having a, a piece like St. Max in there, he can do a lot of creative things with him. Um, similar to how like Wilf Zaha is for Crystal Palace. He's like a, the X factor for them. Uh, whenever he's on the ball, he can open up a lot of doors for them going forward. Uh, my thing for them right now is they have a lack of team identity um, and they let other teams dictate the game. They have the lowest percentage of possession this year around like 37%. Um, and, the, and the main problem for them really is they don't have a strong midfield presence. That's That can be a, a factor in when it comes into the low possession. Uh, when those guys get the ball and they can't hold up the play, they're not strong enough. Um, when they get pressed on the ball uh, and they just can't get the ball out of their back cleanly, they always have to clear it away. Uh, but the one thing I'll give them is they make games very interesting. Um, they Early on, they were scoring a lot of goals. It was a lot of overs. They were scoring one, two goals. Other teams are scoring two, three goals. So um, the games aren't boring. Um, they kind of dropped off a little bit when they play that mid-table level team. A lot of a lot of draws as of recently. Pizza. But, um, but they can also give up a lot of goals. So that's been my main problem. Eddie Howe's got to figure out a short-term solution for them. Uh, to clean up the back line. And once they can stop the goals going in, they have the firepower to secure wins. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, for me, I'm going to give them a D as well. Um, You're probably right. They probably should be getting a D- for me. Um, I think I've seen more out of Newcastle that makes me think, like, there is a chance that somehow down the line, when we start to see other teams slip in the holiday period, which... I promise you will happen. It happens every single year. Yeah. Um, there, there's something telling me that Newcastle have have something in the middle of the park that will allow them to harden up and be able to to at least defend better as a team. Um, they are not defending well. Their goal differential is minus 12. Yep. Uh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I just think that Newcastle have an ability to pull results out. We've seen it year after year after year. They stay up all the time on technicalities and strangeness. Um, And I think that it's going to happen again this year. I've seen a little bit out of Newcastle, not enough out of individuals like Joe Willock, who I thought would have a fantastic season. Yeah. Um, Callum Wilson. I think that he's, he's talented. I think that he has, he has plenty of gas left in the tank. And I think that, when we get into this crunch period, that Newcastle is going to pull together a couple of strange results. They're going to keep themselves up. Um, and that's all just predictions that I have that, um, that come from what I've seen so far this season. So um, I think 
I think the new manager bounce isn't necessarily going to be the thing that fixes them up. Um, but I do think that Newcastle have some potential. And we have to, of course, factor in the fact that they're going to get players in the winter, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, all that money. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's interesting um, to think about maybe who will come in. But as of right now, Newcastle sitting in 19th place, they're getting a D for me as well. Yeah, you never know. Eddie Howe might bring in some guys he used to coach at, at uh, Bournemouth. So we might yeah. may, might see, uh, what's that, that Brooks kid, I think. Yep. He's like Welsh or something or uh, some other guys. But, um, I mean, Newcastle has Brentford this week. I think that's a great spot right now, playing Brentford now, um, struggling with injuries, um, bad form as of lately against lower-level competition, uh, draw against Burnley and then losing to Norwich. Uh, so it's another relegation zone team, and Newcastle can fa- can be favored there a little bit, maybe. Um, but yeah, moving on to the last Burnley, last Burnley, the last relegation team, Burnley. I gave them a C. I think this is a fair spot for them right here. I mean, one game goes in their favor for a win. They're around that ten to eleven point mark, and that's not too bad for that Burnley area. But um, they are they're in every single game they're never getting blown out and they always manage to stay in that striking distance of stealing points we saw it last week or i should say two weeks ago against chelsea they drew against leicester um they got a big win like we talked about before um over brentford that was a big shocker so they are capable of pulling off upsets at any point in the season um and i would say the player there's of the season for them if it ended right now would be cornet from uh, they got him from Liga, uh, big difference maker, a lot of pace on the wing, uh, and he's a lethal finisher at times. And he can also play a left back, so he's a very um, he's a player that you can use in multiple spots. He's very versatile. Um, but the main thing that for Burnley, I think this is the number one team when it comes to this style. They just hold back possession, just kick it away, and they just always play long balls. And every single year, they're in the bottom three when it comes into um, to scoring. They're always bottom three when it comes to goals for. Um, so they really factor in on that defense. That's why you see every summer, every winter, they're always investing in defenders, just honing in on that Sean Dice mentality. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Sean Dice leaves, if the new manager comes in and changes it up. Uh, but now that's, that's who Burnley is right now, and I think they're capable of getting out of this situation. Yeah, I have Burnley at a C as well. Um, I've been. It's it's really hard to to now like only eleven. What is this week eleven? Right. Yeah. Well, we're going into game week. Week twelve. 12. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. it's hard. It's hard a third of the way into the season to look back at these results because to be honest with you. It doesn't feel like it feels like there's been a lot more games than 11 for me at least. Yeah. Um and Burnley is one of those teams that I feel like I've watched play 25 times. <laughs> um but because of the way they play um that that's the reason that I feel that way. It's the same thing every game with Burnley. Um there's a couple outliers that game where they scored like five goals a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um is it two weeks ago is one of those outliers you don't see that hardly ever um and there's just nothing with burnley that makes me feel like they're going to shoot up the table there's not really a spark vidra maybe matty vidra might be maybe that um he's been a bright spot but i don't think that dwight mcneil 
Um, and the other guys, the older guys that we're used to kind of seeing pulling it out of their ass towards the end of the season have been doing all that much so far. Defensively, um, not amazing, not performing that well. Uh, a little easier to break down this year than they have been in years past. And I just think suspect in general. Last, uh, I forget where they were um, last season at this point. I would imagine kind of close uh, to the bottom three. And they're always going to be a bottom three team. That's just how it's going to be because they, they haven't been in the league long enough to have enough money to bring in the sorts of players that they really need. Cornette was a good signing. Um, he's looked really good, re like really, really good, and is, I think, club record transfer fee. Um, so that's that's something, I guess. But I don't see Burnley... I don't see them being any higher than 15th by the end of the season. I think 15 is where they should be shooting for. Uh, that would be a fantastic finish for them, in my opinion. And uh, so far, I just I kind of feel like we're getting C work, you know, solid, but just enough to pass, really. I mean, they're they're dead on the mark when it comes to your prediction for them this year. You have them right in that 18th position going down. Yep. Yeah, I know. So, like I said, I think 15 is is a really high bar. Um, if they can reach that, then I think that they've done well. Yeah. All right, getting into the next two spots, we can consider this the relegation uh, avoiders, or what would we call this? Like 16 what? to 17? Like they uh, just missed the mark. <laughs> what would you call that? I don't even know. I guess luck, luck, the lucky teams? Escaping death. Yeah. All right, so 17th, we have Watford. I gave them a C minus. Now you got to remember they're a newly promoted club. Uh, the first time, or they're back in the league for the first time. I think in two to three years. Uh, the nineteen twenty season was the last time they were up here. Um, three main threats for them this year: Sar, Dennis, and King. I think they contribute to about eight seventy five percent of their goals this year. Um, so very very top heavy when it comes to goals, but that's how it should be. But there's going to be times where you need other guys to step up in big moments. Uh, because the focal point in every team's game plan is going to be to limit those three players' touches, and you're always going to need a moment from those other um, role players to step up for you and get you points. Um, they're one of like three or four teams for me this year that's just very unpredictable. You mentioned the Everton 5-2 win, and then the previous week they lose to, to Liverpool 5-0. So they're like a really... They just go back and forth on the spectrum when it comes to being solid and just not showing up. They're just like completely looking past the team in front of them. So, and a lot of times when that happens, they come out flat and get dominated. Um, and, but on the other hand, they can just jump on you right away. They could score 10 minutes in. Um, obviously, Ranieri was the first new manager to come into the league, taking over there for uh, Zisco. Uh, and he's still trying to instill his philosophy into the players. Um, none of them are his, so he's got to bring in his own to help the culture of the club. Um, but I think they're going to be in this relegation battle area all year. I don't think they're ever going to get out of this 14 to 20 area. I think this is right where they're going to be the whole year. Um, they just need to make some new signings if they can, um, because right now it's not looking good, and especially their next couple games. Their next four games is probably going to have them in the relegation zone. They have United, um, which is winnable at this point with how they are. Uh, Leicester, Chelsea, and City. So this Christmas window right here is going to be crucial for them um, to get as many points as possible before the turn of the year. 
Yeah, I think Watford have performed a little better um, than I thought they would when they came up. I wasn't sure what type of attacking firepower they would have. I think that that's a bright spot, although they don't have a ton of goals. I mean, just 12 goals for level with Newcastle and just one above Burnley. Not amazing, but if you look at teams like Leeds and Southampton, I mean, Southampton has 10 goals for and Leeds has 11. Um, Leeds has one of the league's most prolific scorers last year in Patrick Bamford, who hasn't hardly done anything. Of course, he's had some injury issues, but I don't necessarily think we can use goals for as a metric for how an offense is performing um, right now, unless we're talking about one of those higher uh, level teams, you know. Um, so for me, I just think that Watford have been okay. Uh, of course, they're getting this this new managers in uh claudio ranieri of course he has a ton of experience but the transition hasn't seemed to be as smooth as it was um when ranieri's taken over other teams uh i think that that's just a matter of the players that he's been given um these aren't guys that ranieri brought in these aren't guys that he had any say in bringing in so you have to remember that and i think you have to give watford a little bit of leeway for that um so for me Honestly, um, I'm going to give Watford a C as well. Uh, just kind of passing, moving along. I have a hard time giving them anything above a C, but I don't think that they're doing a tremendously poor job, so I don't really want to give them you know, anything below a C. I could stretch to a C-, minus, maybe, but as of right now, um, I'm going to give them a C. Yeah, we're right around the same level. I gave him a little bit lower on that C-, minus, but since Ranier yeah. has joined, he's in his, his four games um all the three he's one and three the big everton win five two uh but those other three games that he's managed were all losses five no to liverpool one nothing southampton and one nothing arsenal so uh they have a big problem putting chances away right now under ranieri so that might be a problem in the future especially with their next run of games uh moving on to 16th aston villa this is the lowest score i have um out of all 20 teams i gave aston villa a d minus um, I was trying to be nice. I wasn't going to give anybody an F because there's so much time left to make things up. I think when we get to that halfway mark, we might start be. I might start being more critical uh, because, especially um, now with Villa having Gerard as their new manager, um, you have to you have to see what he does and how he changes the culture of the club and the mentality. Um, and he brings he brings a huge pedigree to that club with his stature as a player. Um, but we've seen in the past that player managers, like, it's not a big deal. Or it's not the end of the world. Not the end. What am I trying to say here? It's not It's not a big deal if they were a great player because it's a completely different ball game as a manager. So it's a clean slate for him, but he has proven over at Rangers. Uh, he's won silverware there. He's competed in your European competition with them. So he's a decently experienced manager for them. And he just needs to hit the, hit the ground running. Um, and he's got, he's got a lot of weapons that Dean Smith brought in over the summer. Speaking of Bailey and Ings, um, with all that um, Jack Grealish money, but my my ranking for them being so low is because all their summer signings that I've named and the other ones included in that are all underperforming. We saw Danny Ings score two goals in the first two games, which is great. It was great signs, and then he just fell off the map. Um, a lot, whether it was injuries or he just didn't know how to compliment Ollie Watkins up there they just haven't found that chemistry up front uh, as well as the midfield the lack of midfield presence as well as Newcastle 
they just lack a lot of creativity going forward um, in there with Hayden. Hayden's more of a a bruiser. He breaks play up. He's not going to be that finesse kind of player for them. Um, the Longstaff brothers, uh, Joe Willock, like they don't really have a finesse guy that gets the ball and goes forward, kind of how like a Connor Gallagher is or um, a Jack a Jack a, a Ward Prowse uh, around that same level of club, but can also push forward and be a creative threat. Um, so that's that's my main thing for them right now. Um, and I think this week they have a good chance of getting um, a good start against a Brighton team who's pretty who's in pretty bad form as of lately. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just factor in the fact that they decided to get Stevie G as their manager as a plus. I mean, they okay. might be getting they might be getting a bump for me like from just for D minus him. D minus to D. Um, but to keep it short, I mean, Aston Villa are severely underperforming. Uh, they have players of quality. Signing Buendia should, in like, honestly, give you at least... He should be giving you 10 to 12 goals a season. Um, and if not scoring goals, facilitating goals. And he's been terrible. Um, he just can't seem to get himself lodged into this team, which I understand it's hard to do. Um, but... I think that Villa just overall have been underperforming. Ollie Watkins not necessarily doing what we need him to do. This defense has been terrible. Um, these player, those players on defense are fucking shambles. I mean, they are a liability, um, and they need to get better. Emmy Martinez has not been as good as he's been in uh, years past. He doesn't look all that impressive, and maybe that's because his back line is just so bad. Um, but Aston Villa are an underperforming team. Uh, they should have done so much more in this first 11 games than they have already done. Um, so for me, they get a D and, and they should really be looking to improve with, with Stevie G at the helm. Yeah. And their last five games all being losses, they've been outscored, um, scoring five, but giving up 13 goals. So that's been their main problem going piggybacking off your defensive, um, point for them. Uh, moving on to that mid table area. So we'll go from 10 to 15 here. We'll, we'll, Keep it a little shorter on the points. Um, Leeds United game a C right right in the middle there. Um, just like a couple other teams I mentioned, they're competitive in most games. We talked about Bamford, uh, but as of lately, it's been Rafinha. He's been their main guy going forward. Um, he keeps them in a lot of games. Very creative player. Uh, but the main problem for them, like a few other teams in my in the table this year, um, injuries are hurting them pretty bad. We saw Luke Ayling pick up a little bit of a knock. Calvin Phillips was out for a little while. Um, and Patrick Bamford's been out for at least five weeks now with a, an ankle injury. So he should be coming back within the next week or two. So that'll be a huge boost for them because they don't have any striker depth up there. They'll have Rodrigo uh, and that Tyler Roberts, but nothing nothing compares to Bamford's 18 goals from last season. So that's going to be their main thing. Um, but they hold the ball up pretty well, and they create a lot of chances. Like you mentioned, the goals for category, they've only scored 11, but... They've created a lot of quality chances in games. It just comes down to putting them away. So that's the main thing for them. Once they get Bamford back, I think they're going to start climbing up the table here. They're going to start turning a couple of these draws. They have five draws, um, which is tied for the most. I think they can turn a couple of those into some wins. So that's where I have them right in the middle there on a C. Yeah, they're getting a C- minus for me because I think they are underperforming. Um, I think as Marcelo Bielsa, you have to be extremely disappointed with the way that you've adapted um to the other teams adapting to you 
Uh, he is a tactical manager. He's smart. He's intelligent. I think he's been doing it long enough to understand that if you get figured out, you need to switch the game plan up. Um, and he just let other teams dominate them for too long, in my opinion. Um, suspect, 18 goals against, only 11 goals for. What they were doing last season has not worked for them this season. It's taken a long time to adapt. Just now, finally, in their last three, they have two draws and a win. It looks like they're shoring things up at the back. Um, but I was very disappointed with leads for the first six, seven weeks um, of the of the premier league season so for me i think they're at a c minus i think leads are capable of much more than this i think they should probably uh realistically be a 12th or 11th place team uh and i know it's just four slots above where they are right now um but they are certainly off i mean they're there's four or five points away from that that position and they need to just be sharp um instead of being as dull as they have been so c minus yeah, moving on to, to Brentford. Um, if I had to grade them just off the last four weeks, I'd probably give them a D, D minus. But the overall season and how they came into the league for the first time in over 70 years, um, I gave them a B minus. We're getting to that B tier range here for the first time. Um, they sit 14th. And my thing was, if, if you told them uh, at the beginning of the season, this is where they'd be uh, right around the Thanksgiving window, I think they'd be satisfied. Nothing, nothing too crazy. 14, three wins, three draws, and five defeats. Um, minus one goal differential. Not not terrible. It's right right there mid-par average in the table. Um, the main thing I have for giving them a B- minus is, is because they know who they are and they play to their strengths. Um, and they brought in a lot of good signings that fit the club and the system rather than people that are going to sell jerseys and just make headlines just to have people talk about the club. I think... Bringing in Ayer back there, a uh, solid underrated defender from the Scottish Premier League. Uh, they bring in that Onyanka from um, from uh, Michelin. A lot of players came from the Danish league, obviously Thomas Frank being Danish. So that's his primary area that he knows very well. Um, and they're a well-disciplined team going off of Frank in that. Um, just like Leeds, um, injury bug is a major problem for them. Uh, and that goes along with a lack of depth and positioning. Um, obviously, losing your starting goalie for six months is going to be crucial um, and very critical to your team because just like in the NFL, when you go to your backup quarterback, it's never the same. Um, it's never the same product. Um, when it comes to betting, the lines are shifted dramatically. Uh, that is a huge position to lose. So losing him and the previously mentioned Iyer, he's out as well. So that's a problem for them moving forward. Um, and moving on to the top of the pitch for them, Tooney. Guy scored 31 goals last year in the championship. Every year the past three years, he scored more and more as he's climbed the English ladder. Uh, and now he's struggling. I think he's only scored two to three goals in 11 games. Um, and he's the main guy that's won them points from every year. So if he's not scoring, they're not climbing up. So B minus, I think that's a, a decent rank for me for them right now. Yeah, I think B minus or B um, is pretty fair. I'm going to opt for B. Um, I know that Brentford have been extremely disappointing in their last four um, yeah. matches. I don't want to count that out, um, but Brentford have overperformed. 
Um, they were a team that I wasn't necessarily sure about going into the season. I have, of course, just picked one of their games correctly this season. True. Um, but I think Brentford are, are a severely overperforming team. You know, maybe we're seeing a correction right now. They have four losses in a row. Um, that's not so great. But I think they're managed very well. I think the team or the um, fan aspect of their performances is something that we just we can't overlook um, because when Brentford play with a traveling crowd behind them or at home, um, they seem very, very challenging to dominate. They always seem like they're in the game. And I think that that's an extremely underrated quality just to stay in games in the Premier League against top six clubs. They suck against shitty clubs. They're amazing against big clubs. And for that reason, I just think that that Brentford are are closer to a B because they've overperformed instead of you know typically underperforming, which is what we see from promotion sides. Um, and we have to remember that they are a promotion side. Look at Norwich versus versus Brentford. Um, ideally, these teams should be. Ideally, Norwich should probably be more prepared because they've spent time in the Prem in the last five years. Yeah. Um, Brentford have not. So I think we have to give them credit where credit's due, and maybe that gives them a little extra credit, um, putting them at a B. But um, I feel pretty comfortable saying so. Yeah, I think if we look at those last four games, I think the Brentford, um, the Brent, I think the loss to Leicester and the loss to Chelsea weren't fair to them. I think they deserve points out of that game. They dominated Leicester um, and two lucky goals coming from Leicester to, to, for their loss. And then the Chelsea game, uh, they, Chelsea gets an early goal and then Brentford just dominates uh, the game. Mendy plays game of the season so far. It's just standing on his head. Um, but the other two losses are completely on them. You lose 3-1 to Burnley, who's in relegation zone, and then you lose to Norwich. I mean, that just says enough there. So... Uh, moving on to that next position, 13th, we have Southampton, uh, right in that B, B range. I gave them right in that middle on the B. Um, competitive in every game. They're currently on a roll. Um, consistent in the back. They don't give up many goals. They've only given up 12, which is the third best in the league. Um, they're tied there with Wolves and Brighton on 12. The other two ahead of them being Chelsea and City. So that that's pretty decent area for them in that stat. And they're never getting blown out. Obviously, that goes along with the not giving up many goals. Um, but like I was saying, with um, with Leeds not having Bamford, um, they just lack an experienced striker. They have Che Adams, who had a good weekend for Scotland, got a big goal for them and helping them qualify for the World Cup um, in December, next December, I should say. Um, they have Adam Armstrong, their big signing, uh, to replace Danny Ings from Blackburn. Has has gotten a few goals, but nothing crazy. Uh, and then they put like Nikola Tella up there, or Nathan, is it Nikola? Is that his mm. first name? Tella, is he from yeah, Ar- yeah from Arsenal? Um, they they put Redmond up there at times, as well as um, Broja from Chelsea. They got him, so they have a mixture of guys up there, but they don't have like a concrete number one striker that they go to. So that's the main problem for them, not being higher up in the table. Um, but I will say that their summer signings have been contributing. Um, the Li- Livermento from Chelsea, Broja, um, as well as Adam Armstrong at times. He's In the most recent game, the 1-0 win, he scored the winner for them uh, over Aston Villa. So um, they've done a nice job. Uh, Ralph's done a great job for them the last four weeks. Complete opposite of Brentford. They've gotten 10 points out of 12. 
um, which is nice for them. It's complete opposite of Brentford right now, but um, this is a nice position for them. If they could finish in this area, that'll be decent for the for the quality of team they have and um, losing Danny Ings um, with the effect he had for them over the past two to three seasons. Yeah, I'm going to give Southampton a B-. minus. Um, looking at them now on the table, I'm kind of surprised that they're 13th. I felt like they were doing worse than, than they actually are doing. Um, there's something to be said for that, you know, quietly grinding out your results in their last four. They have three wins and a draw. Um, and they've looked they've looked solid at the back this year, I will say. Um, they're not getting thumped. There was a couple games last year where they got absolutely pumped. Yeah. Uh, the 9-0... Uh, was that an away win? Was that an away game or a, that was a home game, wasn't it? I think it was at Old, I think it was at Old Trafford. Okay, so it was at Old Trafford. But anyway, I mean, just losing nine nothing at all is going to fry your goal differential for the entire season, um, and essentially fry your spirits in a defensive sense as well. Uh, this season, I think that they've looked solid at the back every week when Southampton go up against another team. I always say Southampton are hard to break down. Um, and they've just looked good uh, in the middle of the park and towards the back. Uh, of course, like Matt said, Broja and Levermento are strong points uh, for sure. So it's nice to see them towards the uh, top half of the pitch. But I just think that the Southampton are solid. Um, they're not going to finish in eighth or seventh or sixth place. That's not going to happen. Um, it's very rare of of Southampton. They're not going to leapfrog teams that are above them right now. I think 13th is probably where they finish if they keep on this pace. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, B minus. I think that's fair enough for Southampton to be getting a B. I think is um, is good for them. That's really where they should be shooting every year. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, we move up to 12th position. We have Leicester City. Just giving them a, a C plus, a little above average. Um, that's mainly due to where we think they'll finish around that top eight area. Um, they've had a they had a really bad start with injuries in the back line, um, but they just like other teams, they're competitive. They're not getting blown away. Um, but I will say they've gotten lucky. They've gotten lucky in the, a few results. Uh, I mentioned the Brentford one, uh, where they got two two um, goals um, that weren't going with the flow of the match. Um, they beat United when United was kind of fumbling with their form as well as uh the first game of the season they beat a wolves team who's now in um eighth place right now so um they got quality wins but they just fallen apart at times in the back obviously like i mentioned due to injuries um and brendan rogers has to make changes to to accommodate for those so he's changed the formation sometimes they come out in their three back with the wing backs um to make it like a five back and then there's other times where they come out in a four back they'll play like a four four three three or a four-two-three-one. So there's a lot of change, um, not never consistent, which is a problem for them. Um, I don't think they're giving Vardy enough support in the goal column. That's one thing I think for them. Um, Ian Nacho needs more game time, in my opinion. I think he's a very uh, he's been in the league for six to eight years now, I believe, something like that, and he's never really gotten a fair run of form. Um, I think Vardy at his age right now is a good time to kind of pass the torch to him and they have a player to partner with him that's a younger version of Vardy and Daka um, very fast and he's clinical at times I mean we've seen in Europa League he scored four goals against Spartak Moscow Um, but I think a C plus right now for them is a little bit underperforming Uh, that 12th position they need to climb up into that seven eight range in the next next six weeks I'd say yeah I agree um 
Leicester, for me, I thought that they'd be doing better this season. They're going to get a C-plus for me. Um, I'm not really thrilled with, with how they've played. I think that um, we're not seeing enough of Kelechi. That's my guy. Yeah. Um, I, I love him. I think it's time, like you said, to maybe start phasing Vardy out a little bit. I I don't know if if Daka and Kelechi could play on the pitch at the same time. I don't know if maybe Kelechi could be moved further back. Um, but I think that both of them are extremely talented. I think that Leicester should be scoring more. Um, let's let's think back to the Arsenal game where they just they just struggled. They struggled to finish um defensively teams that teams that have things together uh Leicester are really struggling to break down so their form is okay right now um just one loss in their last six that's pretty good and they should be on their way up the table uh if if we're not seeing Leicester finish in those Europa League spots which is where they should finish every year to be honest um, then I think the season's been a, an extreme disappointment. So for me, I'm going to give them a C plus right now. I think they're underperforming, uh, but I do think they turn it around and, and get things figured out towards the, the middle or the latter middle and the end. Yeah, they just need to get some players back uh, fitness-wise, and they'll be better. Um, we move on to Everton, who's had their own problems with injuries, uh, I'd say a little bit more than Leicester as of lately. Um, I give an Everton a C minus, and that's mainly due to how um, their season's gone so far. It started out so well the first six weeks, and then on the flip of the coin, the last six weeks, it's looked terrible for them, um, letting games slip through their hands and just not showing up. Um, and I think that's due to how no DCL, not having a, a clinical striker up front, a big man, a target player for them. Um, it drastically affects the team and how they play. Um, we've seen last year when DCL was out just like this, they put Richarlson up there and it's never the same product. Um, and that's just not Richarlson's style playing his back to the goal. So needing him back is huge for them to play the way they want. Um, and another player I think even as just as crucial for, uh, with as DCL is uh, DeCorey in the middle there to go with Allen. I think he had a phenomenal start to the year. Uh, four assists, two goals, and I think his first five games. Uh, and then he picks up a big injury, which was massive, massively affected the team and how they structure themselves. Um, and replacing DeCorey with a player like Tom Davies in there is is a, a fraction of what DeCorey can do. Really holds the team back. Um, so that's that's huge for them on the injury front. When it comes to the guys they do have, when it comes to scoring, we saw moments from Townsend and Damari Gray those first couple games. They started scoring, and everybody was like, wow, those are decent signings. I, I, that was great from Benitez. And now it's kind of evened out to where they can't shoulder that goal load. Like they cannot, they, They're not those players to score 10 to 15 goals a season. Like That's just not it possible for them in this team. Um, so they, they need DCL back. They need Richarlison to start showing up. They need these guys... Um, that have been in this club for so long to start producing. Um, the main thing that's been going for them for the long time is their defense. Their defense is decent. It's been the same for the probably eight years now uh, with that Michael Keane, um, Digne, Coleman, and then like a rotation between uh, Mina and um, somebody else. I'm forgetting that they play back there. Ben Godfrey has been in there yep. too. So. I think they have a solid back line. It just comes down to their attackers needing to put a goal to put the ball in the back of the net. 
So I think a C minus is fair for them for how they've been underachieving right now. Okay. Um, fair enough. Yeah, I think Everton, I'm going to give them a C minus as well. Uh, they could even dip down into a D plus for me, but when we consider their position, they are in 11th place. Everton are a mid table team perennially. Yeah. I mean, pretty much every year we see the same shit. Um, same nonsense results during this this period. They always start hot. They always look so good, and then they always fall off. And that happened again this year. So, um, they they really don't deserve anything more than than a C minus. I'm I'm gonna give them that. And I just think that all over the park, Everton are underperforming. If you don't have DCL and and Richarlison for a couple games, everything falls apart. I mean, come on, that's weak. Um, Everton should be able to get better results than they currently have. The results, um, you know, three losses in a row and then just one draw. So those are the games where they're really missing those guys. Um, and I think that we just have to... I, I wish that the Everton had more homegrown talent um, because they wind up just really buying a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if they were bringing more up through the youth system, that they would have more on the bench ready and raring to go. Uh, which we just don't ever have with Everton. I feel like we never see guys coming off the bench, and when we do see them coming off the bench, they're fucking old as hell. Um, you can't rely on Andros Townsend to be to be DCL or Richarlison. No. So, um, and Damari Gray, you know, things have dried up a little bit for him as well. Uh, better, you know, decent signing, but um, yeah, I'm I'm just saying Everton are, are at a C minus. I think this has been a really disappointing season. I think that happens a lot of the time, but. This season is uh, is certainly one of them, too. Yeah. We move up to Crystal Palace now. We're in that top 10 area now, top half of the table. Um, we're, this is the my fifth highest grade on here for all the teams. I gave Crystal Palace a B plus. Um, a lot of credit to Vieira. He's doing a great job. I'll put my hands up and and, uh, and apologize for what I said at the beginning of the year, saying like he'll probably get fired. He won't know what he's doing. I think he's... He's suited for this Premier League thing, maybe mainly due to playing in it for so long. He understands the league, what what it takes to play in it, um, and he it shows in the, in his players how he instills the his philosophy in them and how they play, and all the insights of like his past experiences playing, and especially in the middle of the park, um, we've seen great showing from Connor Gallagher in there, uh, a more advanced player, unlike Vieira, who's more of a six holding back the line and breaking things up. Um, so he instills a lot of great great things into those players, a lot of great advice. So that's nice so far. They're on a six-game unbeaten streak right now, which is right behind there with Arsenal. Second lo longest run right now going on. Um, my thing for them is they have a consistent lineup of players that believe in the system and understand their roles. He only plays like 14 guys. Um, the starting lineup's always the same. If he makes a change, it's a maximum of one. He doesn't want to mess up the flow too much. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Gallagher has flourished in his role. He's got four goals and four assists on the year. The main thing holding them back for me is they just don't have that killer instinct to bury teams uh, like that top, those top four teams can do. They can punish teams 3-4-0 or 3-1, 4-1 even. Um, they just don't have that in them. They've scored 15 goals, which is decent, and they've only given up 14. So they're they're on a plus one goal differential, which is there's only six teams in the league right now with a, a positive goal differential, and they're one of them. So that's great right now for them. Um, but I think if they keep this up, I think they're going to be right in this area. They just need to turn these draws 
even just one or two of these draws into wins because one or two points is going to be a big difference between uh, a ninth finish and an 11th. Yeah, so um, I think this has been a great season for Crystal Palace. More than anything, they just look really solid. Um, they were a team that could steal a win every once in a while for the past couple of years, and they've always been a team that you never really know what you're going to get. I feel like Patrick Vieira has them at a point where I know what I'm going to get from, from Crystal Palace every single week. Um, Wilf Zaha is getting loose. He's performing at his best. He's getting goals. He's got two in his last two. Connor Gallagher, um, you know, he was brought in as a loanee from Chelsea. He's been a stud. He's looked amazing. They've done business. They brought in Odson and Ward, um, a stud from Celtic. He's looked really good when he's gotten time as well. Um, and he's also getting mileage out of guys like Christian Benteke, who I feel like had played for 30 Premier League teams. Um, so you have to give credit where credit's due. I think ultimately all of this performance um, comes down to Patrick Vieira. It seems like he's found a home here at Crystal Palace. Uh, I know we've said that <laughs> about a lot of managers and they're gone the next season. Um, and I'm not going to say that that a terrible run of form couldn't, couldn't make sure that's the case here. It's very possible. Anything's possible. Um, but I think Palace have overperformed. But they don't. It doesn't look like a fluke to me. It looks like uh, we have reasons behind the the their performances, and and I like the way that they've they've played. Uh, solid in the middle of the park. Even their defense seems okay. Their goal differentials plus one. You don't hardly ever see that from Palace. They used to concede a lot of goals. Yeah. So I think Palace have been amazing. Uh, a B plus is is where I stand. And and an an overperformance like this. I mean, they're kind of like. They're only in tenth place, which keeps them off of A range for me. Yeah. Um, but but the surprise, you know, it, it it definitely it has them at B B plus. So, so I'm gonna give them a B plus, benefit of the doubt. Plus, uh, I love Patrick Vieira. Yeah, I think the most drastic change that's turned, like you said, they've used to give up a lot of goals, is that back line. You have you have two new center backs in there that are young and mobile, rather than a Scott Dan or. Um, James Tompkins, like old school English defenders, like that's now these guys are fast. They can cover each other. If there's a mistake, they can cover for those mistakes. Where those other players, it was like once they they dove in, it was over. They could not catch up to the play again. So having those players in there is a massive game changer for them. And I think Guaita has always been a decent goalkeeper in the league. I think he's like a top five goalkeeper when it comes to saves and clean sheets right now. Um, if I had to guess on the top of my head, I'm not looking at those stats, but if, I think that's fair to say all right we move on to ninth place tottenham hotspurs we're going back to the bottom in the rankings here i gave them a d plus um lacking motivation they just don't look like they want to play now we they have a new manager now um a lot of change with antonio conte he's he's done his thing like he did at chelsea no pizza no fizzy drinks no no brown sauce and ketchup at the club facilities now um, cutting out sugars, trying to go all natural with them, just trying to change the culture a little bit into like a winning mentality. My main thing that's holding them back too is they're always in drama. There's always problems at the club right now. Obviously, new manager comes in, they're going to be in the tabloids for that. Harry Kane not scoring, big storyline there. Um, Son not scoring, big storyline there. Just always drama. There's no positives right now when you when you watch Tottenham. There's just nothing positive anything has to say. 
Um, and it comes down to unproduct- unproductive attackers, like I mentioned, and questionable defense. Evan talked about last week. Um, when it comes to transfers, he doesn't think Dyer and Davies can be those guys in the back, and I think that's fair. I think those guys can be rotation players, but I don't think they can start for how Conte wants to structure his team. Um, so until Harry Kane can start scoring, then that's when their team's going to succeed and they're going to climb up in the table. So a D plus is, I think that's spot on. I don't think that's being harsh. I mean, they're five, one and five and three of their wins have been one nil wins. So, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not, um, convincingly winning games. Everything's close. It's that's they haven't found that formula yet that works, and I think that's Harry Kane scoring. Yeah, so I'm gonna give Tottenham like a C minus. Um, I think they've been extremely fucking poor. Uh, I know I'm always kind of hard on Tottenham, um, but to be honest, when we look at their team, it's pretty solid on paper. Um, it's the, they, it's they, the same team from last year, and they finished seventh. Yeah, I know, but they had a blow up at the end of last season, didn't they? Their last five games, they won three and lost two. Okay, so I don't know. There was a period where Tottenham were really, really struggling. Eighteen wins, um, eight draws, and twelve defeats. Yeah, so not an amazing season. Um. I think Tottenham's team is okay. I think that they are solid enough. I think that they should be above Wolverhampton Wanderers and Brighton. Um, but they aren't. Brighton have been a better team, and Wolves have been a better team. There's just no consistency. They've conceded a ton of goals. There doesn't seem to be any sort of chemistry with that back line. Um, I always say Lloris is suspect, but it's not his fault whatsoever this season. Their goal differential is minus seven. They're not scoring any goals at all. Um, Second worst. Yeah, it's Kane. Kane's not scoring. It's taken him a while to kind of get his... I don't know if it was get his head straight after the whole thing that happened this summer, but let's let's take a look at... Let's go across the sport, right? Let's look at Aaron Rodgers. He held out. He wanted to get traded. He wasn't happy with the way things were going, and they didn't trade him. He came back. Um, the Packers have two losses. Uh, and and he's he's everything on that team. Kane is is very similar to me. Um, it's this pretty much the same situation. Older guys that have been playing for long enough know the league, know what they're capable of, and demand a lot. Um, and and Kane hasn't gotten his head right enough to to do that. So I think a lot of it does fall on him. Um, but I think a lot of it also follows on the fact that that Nuno couldn't get things going for the team. So I think Tottenham are underperforming. They are a a massive club um in the world's world ske- uh scene, world scheme, or whatever you want to say. Um and I just think they're not any better than a C minus right now. Do I think that they could be? Yes. I think we're gonna see Tottenham string together some impressive results under Conte. Um, but that hasn't come yet. So I'm excited to see the Conte era. I think it's better when Tottenham and Arsenal are battling for spots instead of somehow Arsenal being five points ahead of them or four points ahead of them. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, but right now, C-. minus. Yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to the defense. Arsenal have a zero goal difference, Tottenham minus seven, and it shows in the table. Um, we move on to eighth. I haven't mentioned Wolverhampton. Um, gave them a B-, minus, rough start, but they've rallied back. 
Huang He Chan, top player, massive yes. game changer. I've come to the decision after watching the U.S. Mexico game. Raúl Jiménez is washed. He can't. Yeah. He, he can't come back to form. He's he, he's. I think he's over the hump. I don't think after coming from a serious injury like that, he can come back and play to that old standard he had. I don't think it works for him. So I think being more focused on Huang He Chan, playing off of Triore's speed, um, as well as Trincao and Silva's creativity. I think he's their number one when it comes to finishing. Um, on the other end of the field, defensively, they've been sound. They've only they've only given up twelve goals, which is like around the average for being in that in that position in the league. And um, I think that helps a lot. Obviously, I think like most people say, historically, defense wins championships, and defense helps you climb the table in this league because. The most common result in soccer is a one-nil win, and it helps. I mean, a win's a win. Whenever you don't give up goals, you're putting yourself in a great position to earn points. Um, the last thing I'll say about it is um, they have very little depth when it comes into the central midfield position. Um, Jao Moutinho is, I think, 34, 35, um, and he's played almost every minute for like the last three to four seasons for them, ever since he's been at the club, joined the club. Um, sooner or later, he's going to pick up an injury, and at that age, you're not going to recover as fast as a younger player will. So, besides him, they have Ruben Neves and I think Den Donker, and other than that, they don't have anybody of a high high caliber. So, I think they need to make some signings in the winter um, to shore up that position um, to help them secure that that uh, top ten finish for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting thought to say that that Raúl Jiménez is washed. He, he only looked, has two goals. He looked awful in that Mexico game. No, I I agree with you. He did look awful. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I think you're yeah. probably more right than than you are wrong. Um, he is 30 years old now. Um, he does. He does kind of look. He looks lost. And I think that that injury that he had. Um, sometimes that happens with players and that really accelerates your decline, right? Um, because you are afraid you're scared and this is your job and you have a life outside of your job. Um, and maybe that's why Raul Jimenez isn't giving everything he has. Uh, I know for a fact that he's not giving everything he has. He's not going all out like he was before. Um, and I think that it would be fair to say that he could be over the hump. Uh, that being said, I think the rest of Wolves have played relatively all right. Um, yeah. Huang He Chan, top player, like you said, absolute demon, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a lot of goal scorers other than Huang He Chan. No. Uh, it, ha- it hasn't been amazing. Um, but they've just been grinding results out. A lot of draws for them. Um, a lot of wins in the past six. They have four wins and a draw and then one loss. And they beat relatively solid teams here. So um, that that win over Villa, who were really needing it, was huge. I think uh, the win over Everton and then just that loss against Crystal Palace, who are surging. So a lot of really good games. They look to face West Ham, which will be a huge test for them. Um, But I think that Wolves probably get a B for me because I know they are capable of getting these sorts of results. Uh, It's just not that we see it all the time. So they're going to get a B. I think they're in the middle of the pack right now. Uh, And I am really curious to see where they end up at the very end of the season. 
Yeah, I think if they could finish around this area, that'll be nice for them, especially after last I year agree. finishing at 14th. That was a massive, um, massive letdown. All right, uh, just like Wolves with a B minus, I'm giving that to Brighton. I'm going to say this at the top. I hate Brighton. I don't know what it yes. is. I just hate something about them. They're just very frustrating. I think it kind of has to do with my record with them, two and nine. But I've always had that feeling with them. They just come out and play structurally well, but they just never can finish games or they choke. So there's just some about them. Uh, this is my first note I said. I said they will not finish in the top 10. There's no shot. Um, the, the, they have a historic record ever since they joined the league. They can't get more than 10 wins. Uh, the first six games, they were 4-1-1. One, and one. Nobody saw that coming. They were going to blast that 10 game, um, 10 wins. They haven't won a game since the first six. Five, four draws and a loss. Um, so I think they're cursed with that. Um, and it comes down to not making massive changes to the attacking force of that team. They signed no attackers um, this season. They obviously brought in um, some midfield help as well as a, a defensive help there too. Um, but like nothing crazy. Nothing that's going to dramatically change the the face of the team uh, going forward. So I think they've gotten a couple of results that have helped their positioning. Um, if we look back here, I think the Liverpool draw, Liverpool should have won that game 3-0, uh, but the third goal was VAR, um, and it just completely changed the momentum of the game when it was ruled out, and then Brighton took that momentum there. Um, the Arsenal draw, I think that's huge during Arsenal's run of form there. Um, and then one more being uh, beating Brentford up early on when they were they were surging. So I think they're in a good spot right now. I think the next couple games they have can be favorable for them. But ultimately, I think they're going to fall off this mark here. Yeah, I do too. I think that Brighton are 100% going to fall off the mark. I think that they've been overperforming. Absolutely. Um that we have to give them i think we have to probably give them a b uh because they have been overperforming they've looked really good to be in seventh place at this point in the season is an achievement for a club of brighton's stature um suspect offensively i think uh their goal differential zero i don't think that they defend all that well they do have 12 goals for but when we look at those clubs that are in one two and three i mean those numbers are almost double what brighton have they are pretenders um but they've done what they've done so far. We can't take it away from them. Um, Graham Potter plays a very structured style of football. Five draws in their last six games, just one loss. Um, they're never going to be a world-beater team that's going to win a ton of games, like a ton of games. They're going to win a couple. They're going to take a couple by a goal margin or so. Um, but they're not going to be a team that that finishes in that top five ever, I don't think. Um, no matter how good Graham Potter is as a manager. So I'm going to give them a B. I think they're overperforming, um, but I think that they're going to come back down to earth. And if we do, if we were to do a second half progress report, I'll bet you'd be closer to a C or a C minus. Absolutely. All right. Top six. This is the, the money end of the table here. Um, Man United six game of C dealing with an identity crisis. Um, a lot of injuries. No Varane, no Pogba for a long time now. Moreover, Pogba. Pog, I think Pogba's going to be out until the new year. Varane, I think, around that same timetable. Um, so it's pretty much the old team from last year, and you just throw Ronaldo up front. So a lot of yep. the same issues. Um, and when you can't get your big signing the ball, 
it's going to fall on those same players that have had always the same problems. So I think this is right around where they're going to finish if they can't figure out their midfield, the midfield, um, the holding mid spot, as well as uh, replacing Varane when he's hurt because he's going to be hurt multiple times this year. Um, So they really need to figure that out as well as I mentioned the identity of the team. I think that comes down to the formation. I think this weekend is going to show really how they come out here if they go with their flat four or they come out in a uh, 3-5-2 or some sort. So that's huge for them. Um, I think outside of the, the, the skills and that, I think the players, they just don't look like they're enjoying playing um, when they're out there, especially at home. They, they, they have a massive amount of pressure on them to win every single game. That, that always comes with those top-end teams. You always expect them to win. Um, but it's just not possible. So I think some of these players can't deal with it right now, and it shows in their play. Um, I think one massive part in their standing currently is Bruno's production going forward. He has four goals, three assists. Three of those goals came in the very first game against Leeds, which was a 5-2 or 5-1 annihilation. So if you take that game out, he and he probably got one or two assists in that game as well. So 10 games... He's had one goal and two assists in in the, in the prep. That's very bad coming off a year where he had 18 goals and 12 assists. Um, obviously, that can have to do with Ronaldo being up there. He takes some of that that light the, the spotlight away from him. Um, he's not going to have the ball as much when it comes to set pieces. We saw he blew a blew a penalty um, as well as some free kick spots. So. That's always going to hurt his production, but I think him not performing to that standard is really holding them back. Um, and the last thing I'll say, comparing to his stats, Lingard has two goals this year, and he's only played 63 minutes. So that's the last thing I'll say about it. Yeah. Um, Clownchester United, they are a C- minus for me. This is terrible. If you have just signing Cristiano Ronaldo, right? I think that should bump you up a letter grade. And it hasn't. Signing Cristiano has essentially removed Bruno from the spotlight. Um, I don't think Bruno looks comfortable or home. Uh, I know it's kind of of divided. Some of the pundits would agree with that statement, and some of them would say that Bruno is happy that Ronaldo's there. It's not that I don't think he's he's not happy. I think he's happy. I just don't think he's played nearly as well as he was playing when a lot of the goals had to come through him. All of the assists had to come through him. And United looked great the first couple weeks of the the season. But they've looked fucking awful the past six weeks, in my opinion. They look directionless. um, Rudderless is a better word. They look rudderless. They are just not managed by a guy that has any idea what he's doing. The midfield is terrible. There was no attempt whatsoever to bring in strength and defense the defensive midfield, which is what they've needed for so fucking long. It's disgusting, actually. They're getting subtracted a letter grade because of the fact that they haven't brought in at least one new defensive midfielder. You have Fred, you have Scott McTominay, and you have... Nemanja Matic, who is 400 years old. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's frustrating to see Manchester United like this because they were the team of my childhood. They were the team that was at the top. They were the team that was competing in the UCL. 
they were unbelievable, unstoppable, and just managed and controlled so well. And they're so far from that. Their defense looks shambolic at times. The fullbacks look all right. But the center halves are fucking terrible. I think, I truly think that it's time to move on from Harry Maguire. I know Whoa. people think that he's okay. Matt, I, I actually think he's terrible. He's too streaky for a center back, in my opinion. Is he, he's just too streaky. How, if you had to rank the current center backs, how would you rank them? Iran is number one, and we haven't hardly seen him play. <laughs> so that's a problem. Well, I think when he's in there, like I think you have like a small sample size, but you, it shows there's a massive difference in goals against when he's playing and when he's not. Yeah, of course. I would take Veron one. Lindelof would be two. Oh my god! And I think Lindelof is good. Yeah, I think he's actually. I think fair. he actually has vision going forward too. I think he's solid. Uh, he makes some mistakes, but if you were to pair Veron and Lindelof up, I think that they'd be a relatively solid center half pairing. Um, I think. I think McGuire's on par with Eric Bailly, Honestly, I mean, I just don't. I just don't think he's any good. I I never have. Um, he was okay at Leicester for a while, but I think he's really mediocre. He's, he's very streaky. He's either amazing or he's terrible. And that's not what you want from a center back. You want consistency. Yeah. So He's lacking some leadership ability to really rally the guys in the back there. Yeah. C, C on a good day for United. C minus today. Fuck you. I just can't believe it. I can't believe that they disgraced the name like that. Uh, they are a club that you want to see perform, right? Yeah, of You course. want to see them at glory, regardless of who you support. And it's gross. Like they brought Ronaldo back, and he's gonna—he's wallowing with this. It's, it's terrible. Plus, he's playing out of his fucking skin at 37. It's—it's it's, it's disrespectful to him. Yeah, it shows in his uh his um, body language and that when they, yes, they're in those those games. Um, obviously, we saw he kick Curtis Jones. So, um, moving on to a more happier note for you, we go to fifth Arsenal. Um, yeah, I give him a B plus here. I think I give them an A minus, but it factors into that first three games coming out really flat. All that drama behind the the start with the Mikel. Um, obviously, you're going up against City and Chelsea. You just get those games out of the way, and now um, you're in a great position now. Eight games unbeaten, fifth place. You have a zero goal differential, but which is fine. Thirteen goals for, thirteen against. Not bad. Um, I think the main thing for them is they have one of the most consistent defensive units in the league. Um, I think Ben White and Gabrielle in the middle there have fallen, have fallen, I think have created great chemistry. They've done really nicely. Um, I think Nuno Tavares has filled in um, phenomenally for tyranny out there. I think he's created a great competition um, for that spot in games and they both have their pros and cons obviously in it i think that's a good problem for mikhail to have and then i think the number one thing you have found out of that back line is tommy asu at right back i think he's done a phenomenal job to replace bellerin and nobody is questioning his ability back there he does a great job um not complaining he get he gets stuck in which is awesome to see as a defender um and he bombs forward up that right side of the field to support uh Saka mostly when he's on the right wing so i think the back line has been the number one change um that shows in their positioning right now from last year um obviously the attack and end is pretty much the same from last year nobody knew up there 
Uh, obviously, Ramsdale in the back there. Great job for him the last few weeks. Obviously, he's a young goalkeeper, so he will make dumb mistakes from time to time we have seen. Um, but yeah, I think I mentioned the rough start. That's always going to be hard. Uh, but they handled their business when it came to teams they should beat. Um, and when it comes to those teams where it's level playing field, like the Leicester game, uh, the Tottenham, the North London Derby, they're winning those games. And that's a big change for previous years. Um, another thing, they haven't had any major injury issues. Obviously, the Xhaka injury is huge, but having him out has shown us that Sambi is a quality player in there. And you can safely say after this year, maybe they let go of Xhaka now that they found Sambi in there. Um, they'll obviously have to replace Xhaka because Partey is always going to be have in, always will have injury problems from week to week. So they need to have a solid three to four group group in there to hold it down. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say is they need a big statement win. I think in this eight game run, their biggest win or their biggest yeah their biggest win has been the Tottenham game, um, showing that they're legit. Obviously, Tottenham's not a great team right now, but I think just the the sentiment behind it of being such a big rival um, has motivated the guys to continue that form. So, and it's carried on. And I think the Leicester win was huge too because Rodgers is a great manager and has kind of had Arsenal's number the last few years. So, I think they need a big statement win coming up against like a West Ham or any of those top four teams, um, as well as United. I think beating United would be to would be on par with that Tottenham win. So. That's where I stand. I'll give him a B plus um, going into the Christmas period. Yeah, um, I think a B or a B plus is probably fair. Um, I'm going to be a homer a little bit and go with B plus um, because of individual performances. No, I don't think. I think that the beginning of that season they showed me they showed me that that's possible again, (laughs) and I think it. It's very possible. I've been watching Arsenal for a very long time, and I know what happens. Um, typically, Arsenal are strong at the end of their season, so I'm hoping that's that's going to continue to be the case, that's and they're true. just going to continue to make this unbelievable run. Um, but, yeah, those those first three weeks, I mean, those are three of 11 weeks, so we have to really factor that in. That's almost 30% um, of, of the season so far. So those games were terrible. We got nothing from that other than the fact that you know, maybe Mikel wasn't qualified to manage. Things have turned up. They look better now. Um, and it seems like maybe there was a plan in place all this time, which I have to applaud him for and, and kind of eat crow and say, sorry, because I, I just thought he was aimless. And it doesn't seem like that was the case. Um, I think losing Xhaka was huge uh, in a good way. <laughs> I don't think that he's that great. I never have really thought that. Uh, when we brought him in from watching Gladbach, I thought it'd be a good signing, but I was wrong. Uh, he's a head case. He's been a problem. Never should have been the captain whatsoever. Um, and I just think that having Sambi in there has been a revelation. He's younger. He's faster. He's better. Um, and he's not as much of a head case or, or drama sort of guy. So that's been great. Defensively, Arsenal looked like a different team. Um, Nuno Tavares has been a revelation. To say the least, he's amazing going forward as well as very solid at the back. Tomoyasu, a great signing. Ramsdale's looked good. Thank God we moved on from Leno. Everything seems to be looking up for Arsenal besides the striker position, where I think we're lacking a little, and I don't think Aubameyang is the answer long-term 
Uh, he hasn't looked to be the answer long-term this season either. He's been a little bit disappointing. So um, all of that coupled with the fact that Smith Rowe has been amazing um, really just puts Arsenal at a B-plus for me. I don't even think we've seen the best of Arsenal yet. They are probably going to peak uh, around this holiday period. I'm hoping they peak around the holiday period because I'm going to have graduated. I'm not going to have a job yet, and I might just be able to revel in some glory for a little bit. Um, so they get a B plus for me and I'm excited to see what's coming up next. I think a match made in heaven. The last thing I'll say about Arsenal for you would be it for that striker position. If you guys can sign Ian Nacho. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? I think he'd be great there. I think he'd be really, really good. You've seen he works well in the Man City system with the Tiki Taka, and that's kind of how Arsenal plays at time up there with all those creative players. So I think he'd do really well up there. And I think stealing him from Leicester, if they don't want to part ways with Vardy, um, now that they signed Daka, there's a lot of competition up there. And Ian is going to want a lot of first-team football. And I think Arsenal right now is a great fit with how Lacazette and Aubameyang are in the age category. All right, we go into the top four. All of them, I will say this at first, are all uh, A grades for me. Um, we get into Liverpool here at fourth. A minus, lowest of the bunch for me. Um, they look phenomenal going forward. They have the most goals for. Um, and then another thing I'll say is the top four all have significant positive goal differentials, um, whereas the rest of the league, it's all like right on the line or heavily negative, which is crazy. Um they can stretch teams out very thin, obviously, with those wingers, as well as the wingbacks um, pushing forward. They just create a lot of chances, and it shows, having Mo Salah in phenomenal form. Um, hopefully, he can get back on the score sheet again. Um, he he did not score in the West Ham game, right? No. Yes, yeah, so nope. he needs to pick that back up again. Um, the only thing, like we saw in that West Ham game, kind of a, a little bit of a blueprint was they can get caught out on the counters, um, as well as set pieces when those wing backs are super high that creates big gaps for the forwards or the wingers or attacking mids to fill in on counters um, that's one area where Liverpool really need to understand if the play breaks down they need those are the first areas they need to cover um, but I'll say this the last thing I no matter what uh, no matter the opponent if it's Chelsea or City or Norwich or Newcastle they're always going to have a minimum of three to five quality opportunities to score and that's just due to the talent they have up front with the footwork Salah has Mane Jota all of those guys uh Firmino when he's fit those guys all can open things up for other players as well so I think an A minus right now um is where Liverpool's at for me yeah I'm gonna give um Liverpool I think they've been better than Arsenal so I'm gonna give them an A minus as well um defensively the only thing i'm going to say that liverpool need to improve upon defensively um i think van dyke's maybe missed a little bit of a step he doesn't seem to have that same spring um and pace that he once had we have to remember that he's getting older and he just had a massive knee um injury so uh, i'm not necessarily blaming him or anything like that um, but Liverpool's center apps do seem to be struggling. We haven't seen a ton of Joe Gomez. I think we need to see him slotted back in there. Um, but when he, when, when Van Dyke is paired with, um, Matt, Joel Matip, it's not always great. The result, um, I think that if they were just able to shore that up a little bit, 
um, and we get a little bit more out of Allison because he's not had the best season that I've seen from him uh, this year. That Liverpool could easily improve to an A, uh, but I don't think really um, that that we have anything to worry about with Liverpool. They just lost to a West Ham side who are surging and just not missing a step whatsoever. Um, so I don't even think we can really blame them for that. I, I saw that coming. Um, so I'm going to give Liverpool an A minus. I think that they're going to stay in this top four for the rest of the season. I don't see anybody getting kicked out really. Um, I'm hoping Arsenal can just stay in fifth, to be honest with you. Never know. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's a minus for Liverpool. They've looked great up top. Um, Salah is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's looking to get paid half a mil a week. You think that's fair? Um, or ha- yeah. if he keeps this pace, I would say he deserves it. Yeah. I, I mean, think about what Rooney used to make at the height of his career. It wasn't all that much less than that. He was making 300 K a week. That was 10 years ago. So that's true. I think it would only be fair, you know? Yeah. I think that's fair too. Okay. We move on to West Ham United in third place. Highest mark for me. A game an A plus. Um, yep. I think they've proved they, and the main thing is they, they've gotten quality results against great teams. Um, Liverpool win, um, as well as they've competed well. They beat Everton, Tottenham. They're beating top teams. They blasted Villa there, Leeds. Um, but occasionally they will have hiccup games. That's always going to happen to those big teams. We saw it last week with Chelsea, um, and we saw it with City against Palace. So it is possible for teams to occasionally have a big hiccup here and there. Um, David Moyes probably having the best season um, right now that he's ever had and managing just having a well-organized defensive unit and they're quick on the counterattack. Um, and when you have a guy like Mikel Antonio who scored an absolute screamer against the U.S. last night um, in the form he's in um, is always a big bonus to have for that style of play. Quick counters, you have a guy that can finish like that um, even four times out of ten gets you these results. Um, one thing that's going really well for them is I think they're one of the best teams when it comes to scoring on set pieces. We saw that against Liverpool. They scored on two set pieces, two corner kicks. They're a big, big threat there. Um, the main thing that's going to be a problem for them, like we've been saying week in and week out and at the beginning of the season, is going to be their injuries if they have huge injury problems. Now they have one major injury to a key position in Ogbonna. Uh, Craig Dawson has to come in to replace him. Does not have the same um, stature as Ogbonna, but is an experienced defender. He just doesn't have that explosiveness as Ogbonna does. So I think that's going to make them lose a few points here and there throughout the season until Ogbonna comes back. Now, if they lose a player like Declan Rice or Mikel Antonio on top of that, that's going to be very critical. That bumps them out of the top four. Now they're struggling into the top six like they were at the end of last year. So... They need to keep up on their fitness. They need to be sure they're taking care of their bodies in between the, the games. Um, be careful on international breaks and so, and so forth. So an A-plus right now for what they've done is pretty fair for me. Yeah, I honestly, I'm pretty sure you just covered everything that I wanted to say. The Obama <laughs> thing was, was a big one. Um, I, I know that we feel pretty much the same about West Ham. Um, I just want to praise David Moyes and say that this is this is unbelievable what he's doing. Um, his journey as a manager has been something to revel at. 
I think it's been unbelievable. He's gone from the highest of highs, getting appointed to that United job, just absolutely bombing, then dropping, then being at other clubs um, and struggling there. Now being at West Ham, being in third place, just three points off the top level with a team like Manchester City with West Ham. It's it's unbelievable. It's very impressive. Um, West Ham are performing at an A-plus level. They will not keep up the A-plus level because they do not have a bench. Um, it's a problem, and there's just no way unless, I mean, it's like a one-in-a-million chance that they go through the rest of the season and don't lose any other marquee players. And I think, to be honest with you, all of the guys that play on this West Ham team are marquee players. They all give you something. Ben Rama gives you something. Declan Rice gives you a lot. Um, Thomas Suchek, unbelievably important. All of the guys at the back, your keeper. Um, and then don't forget Mikel Antonio. If they lose Antonio or Fornals, I don't even I don't even want to think about what's going to happen to West Ham. I really don't, because it's going to be a gigantic problem. Um, but right now, yes, let's sing their praises. They get an A plus for me as well. Yeah, they're definitely going to sign a center back in the in the January window to cover up Ogbonna. That most definitely a short term deal for, for just because they only have Zuma and uh, Dawson in there. I don't know if they could slide like Ben Johnson in there, or I don't know their full depth chart. But I, actually, I do. I have it right here. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't. They have Diop, who's played there before, but he hasn't been getting consistent minutes right now. So. It's kind of got, taking a chance there, but they have four center backs there now, only down to three. But um, yeah, it's going to be a problem if that happens, like you said. All right, moving to the top two here. Uh, Man City gave them an A. Uh, they limit opponents to very few chances with their high press and dominance of possession. They've only given up six goals, second lowest in the league, right behind Chelsea. Um, they're just they're just loaded. These top two teams are just fucking loaded. They have twenty guys on their team that are first team players. Um, and that's going to secure them top four all year unless something incredible happens where they all get hurt or something horrible happens. But they're, they're pretty much guaranteed top four at this point. Um, and those players that come off the bench can change the tide of games. We're seeing Raheem Sterling come off the bench, who's been phenomenal. He's rumored right now to – he's always been saying in the past few months now – um, after not getting playing time, that he doesn't want to leave the Premier League if he leaves City, and he said he'll favor Arsenal move over a Barcelona move. So that might be something in the future too. We might see. Who knows? Arsenal might have something crazy happening. Um, but besides that, they've gotten big results over other contenders. Obviously, that one nil win over Chelsea uh, being the most notable one. Um, but we have seen. I mentioned that Palace game. They are human. They can have something go wrong. They get an early red card to Laporte, changes the structure of the game, um, and teams can jump on that. It just comes down to nine times out of ten, uh, that's going to happen. So depending on the day and what happens, City may lose very occasionally, or very rarely, I should say, but it can happen. So an A range for them right now is pretty good. I'll say this before I turn it over to you. What do you think about Jack Grealish's performances so far? They paid $100 million for him. He's only scored one goal and I think like two assists. Yeah, he's not worth a hundred mil. Um, I don't think they needed to get I don't think they needed Jack Grealish, though. So I don't know if we can even blame him. I think more so we have to blame City for bringing in a winger when they needed a striker. Um they just needed a more developed striker up there. I mean they needed they literally needed Harry Kane. That's who they yeah. needed. 
Um, and that's just not who they got. They bought Grealish instead, which I think was a waste of money, really. It's true. Um, they have wingers that they can play out there, and they decided to to go and, and spend 100 mil. Um, I don't want to blame Grealish. I just think he's trying his best. I think they slotted him into a spot where he wasn't necessarily comfortable. Um, or or re- No, not comfortable, but there's other competition at that, at that position. Um, and he just hasn't been given a fair shake yet. In my opinion, I don't think he's looked bad. I just don't think he's looked good. Um, you're kind of nailing all the key points here. I just think City lack a striker. Uh, that could be a real problem moving forward. But so far, they do have a 23 points level with West Ham and just three points behind Chelsea. Couple slips. Um, two weeks ago, they slipped. That was a problem. That was a little worrying. Um, but other than that, they pretty much haven't missed a beat the entire season. I think City get an A minus uh, for me because I think that realistically, if you look at their team, how long they've played together, most of them, um, and the top of what they can do, they should always be at the top of a table. Um, really, I mean that's that's just common common thought. I think most people know with the money they have at their disposal, having Pep at the helm. Um, and pretty much being able to do whatever the fuck they want to do whenever, uh, they should always be at the top of the table. So for that reason, I'm going to give them an A minus. I can hear the A argument. I think that's probably fair. Um, but City should rise to the top because Chelsea have been playing without a striker for the past three weeks. And look at them. They're doing unbelievable stuff. Yeah. And now he's coming back. I don't know if it's this game. He's back in training. Um, I, he'll probably get limited minutes if that, but, um, the time he get, got injured couldn't have been any better having playing relegation level teams. Um, and now we come into a game against Leicester, who's a, uh, a, a wishy-washy team at times. Um, we need somebody like him up there to really, um, f- really shove the game down those defenders throats who have been shaky this year. Um, so we move on to number one, Chelsea gave them an A as well. Most disciplined defense in the league, only giving up four goals. Um, scored 27 goals, best goal differential, plus 23. Um, I think those top four teams, maybe just those three, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea, are, the goal differential is kind of skewed. Um, they all blasted Norwich, so that kind of skews it a little bit there. But you can only play who's in front of you. Um, and you mentioned the Lukaku injury. They've shown they can get the job done without their top, top players. Lukaku, not there. Timo steps up. Timo's out. Both strikers. Kai Havertz is up there. He scores. So that comes those guys off the bench. Um, speaking of which, guys off the bench were Tuchel's now confirmed that Christian Pulisic is up for sale in January. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know if I blame TT. The guy's never healthy. Um, I love him as as a, a fan of the U.S. men's national team. I think he has a lot of quality, but he is a liability more than anything else. Yeah, He's going to give you moments of magic, but, I mean, do you want to pay that guy's wages if you're the boss of Chelsea? I don't. I, I don't want to sign off on his wage checks. He never plays. Yeah. Um, And that's been the case for years now. So, 
it sucks. I mean, I, I don't know if coming out and saying, yes, this guy's available is a smart decision. I think maybe that's bold. Maybe it'll light a fire under him. Maybe he'll play through some of the pain. But I don't think, I don't know if that's the answer either. You know, you don't want your guys playing through pain if, if they don't have to. Some guys just struggle with injuries and their careers are always plagued by it. I think that's probably going to be the case with, with Pulisic. Um, he did score this weekend, though. Yep. What a banger that was. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Chelsea are just, I mean, the wingbacks. That's what it is for me. Their wingbacks are so good. Um, Reese James has been amazing. Chilwell has been amazing when he's been slotted in. And before that, um, it was Alonso. Mark Alonso. He's been great. They're all great. Uh, and then you have guys that can kind of play all over the pitch. And every single time a player's been put in here um, for Chelsea this season, they have succeeded. That's a huge thing. Trevor Chil- um or yeah. whatever his first name is, because it's not Trevor. Is it not? It's some- no, it's it's Trevor or something. It's, it's cool. T-R-E-V-O-H. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was calling him Trevor too. But uh, he's been amazing. When he got slotted in that first time, he was great. He can play in a couple different positions. And then you have guys like Ruben Loftus-Cheek who have been slotted in the recent weeks and who have looked good as well. The striker, the striker thing is a problem, but Chelsea got through that period with like four, like three or four wins and a draw. So who cares? They play better without a striker, it seems. Um, we're going to see Lukaku come back in the way that Chelsea play change a little bit again. And that could either be really good for them or really bad for them. We'll see how other teams adjust to it. But from what we've seen so far, I mean, Chelsea Football Club get an A-plus for me. They they have looked just amazing at every step. Only one loss here. Who was that loss to? City, 1-0. It was the City 1-0 loss. And that was just kind of a, a quick misstep. Not like a blow-up game or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Eight wins, two draws for Chelsea. Gold differential of 23. Edward Mendy is the best keeper I've seen in a long time yeah um and and they continue to to impress me so they get an a plus as much as that hurts i kind of like the chelsea team that hurts to say too yeah that was my other note mendy's won us several points this year i mentioned yes, the Brentford game um a couple of those ties in there too he's he's massively saved us this year he's he's earned us at least i'd say four four to five points um i mentioned the pulisic thing because we're currently dealing with contract contract issues with four defenders right now. We're having a, a contract crisis. We have Azpilicueta, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and Christensen, four center backs, all on their last year of their deal. And I think the sale of Pulisic valued around like 45 mil. And Ziyech hasn't had the best time there either. He's looking to leave. And he's been linked with a move to Dortmund, I've seen. I think if you can get like 70 to 90 mil for those guys, that's going to, and also let go of those wages, you can start paying those other players a decent wage to where they're satisfied with being at the club. I think if we can keep three of them out of four, that'll be good because the whole concept of this team is based around those center back roles, having players that can, you need three solid defenders to stay back decent on the ball and can hold the, hold the fort down. So I think the most notable one we could lose is Rudiger because he's had a phenomenal time. Um, as right behind him is Aspi, the captain of the club. He's been there since we won our last uh, Champions League previous to the um, most recent one back in 2012. He's been there that long. So I think that might be a move 
and why they're sell- they're talking about selling those guys and making them available is trying to free up some wage room. Um, so that might be a thing, but there's going to be a lot of change um, to the club um, come next season. I mean, Saul's already already looking to leave. The guy's been there um, three months, and we're already done with him. He just doesn't fit. Yeah. So no, he doesn't. Yeah, that, that was a failed experiment there. Um, terrible deadline day move. Um, not as bad as Fernando Torres, but it's up there. Um, okay, that concludes the progress report. So pretty, very, 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 very in-depth review. Um, so now we will go into, <laughs> I know it's crazy we're going right into this after an hour and a half of talking about that, but we're going into our game week 12 previews. Okay, we have eight games slated on the Saturday window, two on the Sunday window. First matchup, Leicester hosting Chelsea. Leicester is, like we mentioned, a very shaky team there um, in the back. I think they're going to be pretty much full strength here. Bar Yuri Tillemans, he will be out this game um, with a calf and ankle injury. So that's a massive, massive, massive factor going into my decision here. Um, at first, I was thinking if Tillemans is in there, it's going to be a close game. Leicester have snuck out games before. Um, I think it's all going to depend on that formation Lester comes out in, whether Lester or um, Brendan Rodgers, I should say, thinks his guys can match man to man if they go with a three four or three five two, similar to how Chelsea's is, or if they try to compensate and go four two three one of some sort or four three three. But um, depending on that, it's going to decide how the the control of this game is. But I'm going to take a Chelsea win here. I have to go with them. I'm going to do these picks rapid fire. Um, Chelsea win. They're a better team than Leicester. Um, they're going to have their big man back, and I think that they just dominate this game. No, Yuri Tielemans is is enormous. Leicester are going to lose 20% off the top uh, in performance with that. So Chelsea for me. All right, next game we get into Aston Villa. First match for Gerrard against Brighton, who's been struggling as of lately. Ugh. I think I'm just going to take a chance and go with Villa here. First win for Gerard. I think they're going to be up for the manager. Taking a draw. 1-1, I think. That's that's where this game finishes. Um, they're going to come out. They're going to play for Gerard, But I think that Brighton know that they have to stop the skid. Um, so they're going to be on the front foot. And I just think this one ends in a weird 1-1, maybe 2-2 sort of draw. Okay. Burnley hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, Burnley, as of lately, have been doing okay. Um, nothing crazy. Palace on a crazy run of form. I think that continues here. I think Crystal Palace gets the win. Okay, sounds good. Um, Palace for me too. Okay. Newcastle looking for their first win of the season. Still coming up against a uh, a very poor Brentford side over the last few weeks. This is the best possible time for Newcastle to play them. New manager Eddie Howe. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go along with the same sentiment as Aston Villa, new manager, going up against a shaky team right now, going with Newcastle to get their first win. Um Brentford. I'm gonna go with Brentford. I need them to I need to pick my second Brentford game right all season. I don't see Newcastle winning this. I think the how appointment's gonna be better for them moving forward, but I don't think they get the bounce this week. Um, I'm gonna take Brentford, but I can see this game being a draw as well. I don't see them there being any way Newcastle wins this game. 
I think it's funny what real quick. I think a real quick point. I think when you always say your pick, and then I think eighty percent of the time when you say, "But I can see it going this way." When you say that, that result happens. I know. I know. So I'm gonna it's... change my pick. I'm gonna go to a draw. Okay. Just because you said that, I'm gonna do that. Um, All right. New Norwich coming off their first win. <laughs> new manager as well, Dean Smith, hosting Southampton. Great form right now. I will be going with a Southampton win. I think Dean Smith getting fired from Villa, five straight defeats, is going to carry over here. He's going to make it six straight defeats for himself, and Southampton's going to continue their form. I'm taking Southampton as well. I cannot see North City winning this game. I don't think Dean Smith turns it around immediately. I don't know if he's taken his entire coaching staff with him either. That's something to consider. I probably need to do my research on that after this. Um, I'm going to take Southampton straight up. I think they win this game. Okay, we move on now to Watford hosting Manchester United. Watford, a very, very, very washy team. You never know what you're going to get. Kuka is suspended. He's been their main number six in there. Probably the most physical guy in the league from what I've seen. Um, he's out. He's been their main enforcer in there, but their attacking front's all the same. Sar's been in poor form, uh, and we go to a Man United team that is in a dire situation right now. They need a result, so I'm gonna go with the honey, hungry dog runs faster here. And United have looked great on the road too, so I'm gonna go with the United big win here. Hungry dog runs faster, indeed. Hmm. I mean, United have looked significantly better on the road. Yeah, they have. Um, okay, I'm going to take United as well. I don't really feel good about taking them, but I'm going to because I just slandered them for like 20 minutes. I do that yeah. every episode, but I'm going to take United. Okay, I think uh, now we go into Wolves hosting West Ham. This is probably the third third most interesting game of the week, in my opinion, behind the next one and then the Chelsea game. Um, kind of biased there, but I think Wolves, my best team picking nine and two against West Ham, who's doing phenomenal this year. Oh, this one is probably the hardest one for me because I have no idea what to go with here. Do you, do you know what you want to go? You want to go first? Which game are we on? Because I'm looking at a different thing than you are. Uh, Wolves playing West Ham here. Oh, I'm hammering West Ham. Dude, David Sullivan literally paid $100,000 to fly Mikel Antonio back from Jamaica on a private jet. West Ham's (laughs) winning. Uh, Today that happened. West Ham's winning. Easily. Probably like 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to go with you there too. I'm going with West Ham as well. All right. Game of the week. Liverpool hosting Arsenal. Arsenal, eight-game unbeaten streak. Liverpool are Liverpool. Um, They're coming off their first defeat of the season. They're going to be really hungry to bounce back. Arsenal coming up against their biggest opponent since probably that that, uh, Chelsea defeat, I believe. Going to be a battle here. I think it's going to be a a low-scoring affair. I think Arsenal's defensive unit is, at this moment in time, off of the most recent games, in better form than Liverpool's. Um, And for that reason, I think I'm going to go with a draw here. Okay. Um, Yep. Sign me down for a draw, too. It's kind, I'm down for it's kind a draw. of stretching it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Liverpool coming off a loss is going to be very tough. I mean, that's a tough result to pick there. But I think I'm going to stand yeah. firm with a draw. Okay. Man City, first game of the Sunday window, playing Everton. 
hammering Man City here by three. Yeah, I agree. Man City by three. I don't know if DCL's back. I don't even know if it matters. So I'm, I'm taking City as well. Yeah, I don't think it matters regardless. He is all, He's also going to be out. So, And then our final game of the week, Spurs closing the week out, hosting Leeds. I'm taking Leeds here. It's going to come down to work rate. Antonio Conte is a guy who really loves high work rate out of his player. We already know Bielsa and the style Leeds play. Those guys go balls to the wall for 90-plus minutes. And I think Leeds, under the system, being more familiar with Bielsa, is going to prove greater than Harry Kane, unmotivated, and Spurs' lackluster supporting cast. So I will be going with a Leeds upset here. All right. Hmm. You don't know? No, I'm taking Tottenham. Okay. I think they I think they batter leads actually. I think Conte finally gets his his shit going on and and I like Tottenham. I think if they lose this game it's going to start coming to questions with Conte like yo guy like what's up or do you yeah, think it's more going to fall on the players? So, I think it's going to fall on the players because there's no that, way yeah, you've they had, can Yeah, you've had two managers now. You can't blame both now. Yeah, no no way. So I'm taking Tottenham. All right. That was a kind of a rapid fire preview. Obviously, due to the ex- enormous breakdown of the progress report, we're going to have to probably rethink how we structure this in the future, if we do any in the future there. Um, and I don't know why. My, my brain just shut off right there. You ever happened to, Does that ever happen either? That happens to me all the time. If you listen to any of our episodes, it probably happens to me five times a show. Yeah, I'll just like... My mouth moves so fast, and my thoughts just yep. can't get keep up there. So, all right, just take a deep breath here. Okay, all right, that concludes episode 103. Probably the most, the longest episode in a long time for us. Um, probably since our preview of the season. Um, it happened again. Um, uh. <laughs> you take over. I gotta like take a drink or something. All right, guys. Thank you for checking in with us. Thank you for listening to this absolutely mondo episode. Um, We'll see you guys next week. And until then, make sure you check us out on social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Post20Podcast, and everywhere you can find podcasts. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, those are the three places. Or, yeah, SoundCloud. I forgot that one. My brain shut (laughs) off, too. But thank you guys for listening. Matt and I are going to go play Halo um i appreciate you guys listening and uh we'll catch you next week all right take care